The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. In the dark of the night, something strange is going on. is how do we get them back into the ground? Bert, Frank, we have a little problem. Oh, boiler, ten right. Oh, ah, Because technically, you're not alive. Why do you eat people? Not people. Brains. How do you kill something that's already dead? Well, how do I know, Fred? I don't know. Let me think. It's not a bad question, Bert. In that movie, they destroyed the brain to kill him. Is that what they did? The brains, right. Brains. Terry is nervous. Usual crap. The police are confused. Send more cops. It worked in the movie. Well, it ain't working now, Frank. In the movie line. It's not a bad question, Bert. It's not a bad question, Bert. It's not a bad question, Bert. The Return of the Living Dead. Welcome. To radioactive metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron.
What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Beat of Our Own Drummer episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 748, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron, and dear listeners, you are li- li- no, you are, I know what you're listening to. No, this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T coffee.com. Go out there, check out the website, check out all the glorious coffee they have. You don't need coffee today? That's fine. Get on the website or get on the email list because if you get on the email list, you will know about exclusive offers, short time limited collaborations, as well as just deals occasionally on great coffee. Um, But that way you'll be in the know. You'll know what's happening. And this is great coffee that is made for metalheads by metalheads. So don't delay. Head out to True Call Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com to possess yourself a cup today. Snowman, what's happening? Happy oh, Canada Day. And, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. And to you as well for your July 4th celebration coming up not today, but tomorrow as we speak. Yes, yes. Happy if, if this is a, I know with everything that was going on the past year with the residential schools in Canada, uh, like some people just may not be up to celebrating Canada Day. I know I certainly wasn't. I was, uh, during the July 1st Canada Day celebrations, I was wearing my orange shirt and I was doing stuff, you know, not really commemorating Canada, but... You know, for the sake of all of the uh, awesome metal fans in Canada, we uh, we want to say happy uh, ha- happy Canada Day, and of course to you and yours, Aaron, down north of the forty nine, and uh, with a happy July Fourth. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, huh. Yeah, we uh, we have we definitely because it's a long weekend because July first, okay, fell on a Saturday, so really the 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 only people having that day off up here were like restaurants, retail places like that, like people like myself whose Clark Kent job is just with a regular business and all that. We normally have Saturday off anyway, so today, July 3rd, Monday, is our holiday. So, yeah, this is kind of a, it's it's a long weekend here, and as soon as we're done here, I'm stepping out to Bulldogs. There's an awesome, cool punk band out of Hamilton in town. So, yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll, having a grand old time. Sorry to the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee, but it is another scorcher up here. It's been another, uh, you know, long, hot, hot weekend. So I don't really have co- any of the coffee going right now. Maybe later on tonight. Well, the real question, Snowy, is it hotter than a church in Norway? <laughs> not quite. <laughs> not, not quite, no. But it has definitely... Uh, that reminds me, I have to watch the Lords of Chaos. It's now it's a, it's now up on Tubi, and I haven't oh, I haven't, haven't got okay. to it. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. It's just it's just you know how I am with the heavy metal, dirty laundry. I just, yeah, I I haven't had a desire to watch it either. 
Yeah, but I will get to it. I will get to it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's another scorching weekend. So instead of the coffee going right now, and I've kind of given up on doing the cold beer thing. So um, I'm experimenting. I'm experimenting with the alcohol drinks. And you've heard of Mike's Hard Lemonade? Oh, yeah. Very familiar with Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh, yeah. That stuff was fantastic. I was at a uh, barbecue for my buddy Jess's birthday uh, a couple weeks ago now. And uh, I was offered, instead of a beer, here, Snowy, okay, if you're done with the beer and all that, try this. And it was a hard lemonade, and it was fantastic. So today, as I'm in the liquor store to help celebrate, you know, this long weekend and for the show tonight and all that, I decided to check the mic section out, and I grabbed a uh, a hard peach fuzz. And I got to say, it's really good. All these years, I've been kind of like, ah, you know, those are girly drinks, you know. That that type of stuff, and it's mostly sarcasm. I'm just being a smartass. Oh well, yeah. But it's you know I've kind of take it all back. This is these this is some really great stuff, and I'm enjoying it more than beer. Well, yeah. and that's because you're drinking for a different reason now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when when we were younger, it really wasn't about the flavor of the alcohol; it was the effect of the alcohol. Oh yeah. <laughs> even, you know, even just there are just. Sometimes all through my adulthood as well. Like I'm just I'm just looking to get hammered, which is uh, it happens. You know, but you have those days you, you have those days where it just kind of creeps up on you. And then you have those days where you just had a shit day at work and all that. And I'm just I'm just putting some tunes on and I'm pounding back the whiskey and all that. But I totally get it. That's not tonight. You know, but um, we're off and running with this. So, like I said, happy July 1st, happy July 4th. Today, as we speak, though, July 3rd. Okay, I want to say to all of our listeners, happy return of the Living Dead Day. Okay, because as you know, in the at the beginning... Of that awesome zombie punk rock movie. All of the events happened on July 3rd. It's because it's a documentary. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, the government, you know, it was a big cover-up with the zombies and all that. And then when they bombed the town, when they sent the nuke to the town in Kentucky, they covered all that up as well. You know, like that's... Who would that would have been Ronnie Baby in 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 power in eighty five? No, who is who is president in eighty five? Ronnie. It was Ronnie. Eh? Yeah, Ronald Reagan. Okay, new new old new new neutron Ronnie. Isn't that what Wasp called him? I don't remember. Okay, well, yeah, it was it was all a big elaborate cover up, you know. Yeah, when that nuclear weapon went off in the in in the American city, yeah, yeah, that's too bad. So yeah, um, he got he got a bad rap for that. He was saving us from zombie apocalypse. That's right, that's right. Oh, Ronnie was just trying to help us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just in time because that awesome movie has uh, just a couple of days ago debuted on Shutter. Oh no way! Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like, I just turned, like, every, every day 
I just turn even if I'm not looking for a movie that night. Every day I um, I flip I go to Shutter just to see what has debuted. Yeah. Okay. The Burning, Return of the Living Dead, and Burnt Offerings all de all debuted wow. uh, that one day. It's like holy shit! Here is a, here is a little mini marathon right here. Yeah. For sure, for sure. So after this, after Bulldogs. I'm going to stumble home tonight and I'm slapping on Return of the Living Dead. Now that it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And um, yeah, we're going to have a little bit uh, more uh, horror coming up in my uh, metal fix. So we want to get to all of that soon. But I do know, I do also want to throw out that today in 1985, Back to the Future was released. Wow, that yeah. was today. That that was today. Wow. That was that was today that that Marty McFly reinvented Chuck Berry. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. I thought you of all people could appreciate that. Oh, dude, I love that movie series. <laughs> like all three of them. Like that. That's that is up there with the original Star Wars. Is the perfect trilogy. <laughs> Um, yeah, if, if someone was to say that, I'm, that's, you know, I don't totally agree, but I won't argue. <laughs> oh, 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 for sure, for sure. So, yeah, we got a, uh, we got a pretty cool show going here, so we're going to jump right into it for the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee. Um, Sadistic Vision are back with a new EP, Destroyer of All Dreams. Um, if that name doesn't really ring a bell, that's fine. Um, they date back to that uh, early 90s uh, wave of, of death metal. They put out a couple demos in 92 and 94 and then just kind of disappeared until about a couple of years ago. They reemerged with a full length, and now they followed it up just recently with this new EP. So once again, in this week's mandatory metal, this is Sadistic Vision, back and ready to rock and roll with Unremorsed Killing. Oh, 
been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Oh, hey, man. What's going on? All right, man. So my metal fix really centers around movies. Oh, okay. Um, also, this weekend, with it being Canada Day and now the 4th of July tomorrow down here, um, it was also another big weekend because... The final Indiana Jones film was released. Yes, haven't got to it yet, but it's at the top of the list. Well, I won't give you any spoilers other than um, the critics that don't like it probably don't like anything. Um, <laughs> it, it was, dude, it was a fun movie. I teared up a lot. Oh, like, right on. There, there was definitely some emotional moments. Um, like I said, no spoilers. We'll wait till you've seen it to to go through a thing. Um, I will tell you this, though. At the theaters, or at least at our theater, you could buy a souvenir cup that has a fedora topper. <gasps> oh! Okay. I yeah. hope our theater has something like that. I would say, if I were you, I would swing by the theater just to buy the cup now. Uh-huh. Because um, they were going pretty quick when we were there. Oh, Okay. But yeah, and uh, my son and I each got one of those. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Yeah, because he's, yeah, he's, he's teaching like, them yeah. well. He's like, I, th- I think I need one of those. I'm like, I think we both need one of those, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You know. And then um, I posted a picture on my personal Instagram. I need to send it to you of our littlest dog wearing the fedora. <laughs> oh, right on. 
<laughs> yeah, we were having a good time. And then while we're there, they had some great previews, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I missed that this was coming out. Like, I follow all these different monster accounts, universal monsters and things. No, I haven't heard a word until this preview. Have you heard about the movie The Last Voyage of the Demeter? No, I have not. I know okay. you set me up with something, but I know until you did, it just didn't ring a bell. Well, I, I so I really appreciate this. Because The Last Voyage of the Demeter is based on a single chapter in the Dracula book called Captain's Log. Oh. And it's all about, um, you know, the journey, the voyage from Romania to London on the Demeter. Right. And I'm watching this. And before I even knew it was Dracula, you know, I'm, I'm watching. I'm like, wow, I don't know what this movie is, but this looks great. Just the setting, like the historical setting, it looks good. The ship, I'm like... Wow, what is this? What is this? And then you see the creature, and I'm like, is that supposed to be Dracula? Like, I didn't know if it was going to be like a sea creature, you know? Like, it, it looks good. And, like, I, when you think about Dracula, you know, it's it's been redone like how many thousands of times? Oh, well, yeah, point, it's a public right? domain character. So, yeah. And so, you know, constantly, constantly being used. But I really appreciate this fresh take, like looking at a single chapter. I'm like, that's kind of fun because that chapter pretty much gets glossed over, right? Like they'll typically show like the ship drifting into harbor, like, whoa, this harbor has nothing on it. And, you know, or the ship has no crew. Like what's happened? Um, You know, but I I like that they're going to, dig into the whole thing. I'm like, this is going to be fine. So I'm looking forward to that. That's coming out in August. And then along that same lines, have you had a chance to see Renfield yet? No, no, but I know of what you speak. I've heard rave reviews from people whose word I trust for a film like this. And I definitely want to see it. Well, dude, I watched it last night because it's uh, on one of my streaming channels and I, the previews don't do it justice. Okay. Like the previews make it look way campier. I mean, it is campy, but they make it look like it's going to be like this, like, you know, neon lights, campy Dracula thing. And it's really cool. Aquafina's in it. I don't know if you're familiar with Aquafina. Hmm. No. Uh, um, it's- my my kids and I best know her as the voice of Webs in the Bad Guys cartoon movie that they did, the animated film. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else you would have seen you know her. Oh, she's in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh, okay. Yeah, she she's his um uh, his friend. Oh, okay. You know, and I just I I love anything she's in. Like she's she's always a great character, and so you've got that going on, and then. It's, it's, it's almost got the splatter of like dead alive. Okay. Like it's, it's definitely <laughs> a splatter film, but it's a campy splatter film. Like there's comedy to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, oh, one of the villains in it is, I can't, oh, Ben Schwartz, I think is his name. Um, have you seen Space Force on Netflix? Space Force. Yeah. No. It no. was the Steve Carell series. 
Okay, it's probably something I should have. But... Oh, it's funny, and like because they they they're all playing it up like like it's serious, but it's all hilarious, right? They're like, um, you know, all these space missions that they're getting to redo and things like that. And Ben Schwartz plays his character called Fuck Tony, and he's their social media okay. manager. All right. And like literally, no, that's like legit his name because the first time I heard heard it, the one guy is like, he's like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Oh, it's fuck Tony again." He did this, you know. I'm like, did he just seriously call him fuck Tony? Like what? Hey, it worked. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's hysterical, right? But so he he's in it. I'm like, man, he's a, he's a great character, and you've also seen him very recently in the Muppets. Um, um, mayhem series he's the gentleman who's helping um animal find a job oh okay remember when they're doing the thing he goes ring ring and then ring ring you know (laughs) right right okay yeah all that sort of stuff so um that's you know it's that guy so i dude i really enjoyed it again i won't give any spoilers we can talk about it once you've seen it but um i saw my wife i'm like it's Way better than the previews made it look. And I, I found it very entertaining. Like, I'm like, this is fun. Like, this is another, like, movie I could watch at Halloween because it's pretty funny. You know, it, it's right. entertaining. It's, it it kind of checks all the boxes for me. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Because this, yeah, uh, Mrs. Snowy just got an email because I guess she's um she's on their email list and all that but the spirit of halloween the oh is that the retail store oh yeah they're spirit halloween, yeah they've started hiring now oh already yeah so that yeah that so that means the countdown to halloween is on oh it's fantastic <laughs> you know because yeah like spirit is such a big part of the fall and the halloween season oh yeah for us at least you know, so because we make weekly trips there and, you know, we were actually while like Mrs. Snowy and I, we stepped out today and we had breakfast out and did a bit of fun shopping and all that. Um, we were when she got the message, we were actually thinking, well, what if we just went and, you know, applied maybe just for some part time work in the fall time. But then we thought, well, hmm. I think this is more of a place that's more fun to visit than <laughs> yeah. to work there. <laughs> because especially those couple weeks leading up to October, leaving up to Halloween, just must be crazy. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that thought quickly left our head. So, yeah, Spirit is hiring. We're on. We're off and running to Halloween. This is awesome. That's fantastic, dude. Yeah. 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 So that's that's it. That's my movie fix. It's It's all... Uh, or my metal fix. It's all movies this week. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I'm glad that you were talking movies because I celebrated July 1st, not doing anything Canadian and all that, but I made my way down to the Cinematheque. Okay. That is our local art house theater that deals with a lot of uh, international and independent films and documentaries and, and all of that good stuff. Because they were doing a double feature, but I only stuck around for the first film, of the original 1981 Evil Dead. Wow. The one, the, the one that started it all, that put Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, Rob Tappert, put them 
all on the map. And the see why this was so important is because it's 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 an absolute classic film when it comes to just campy low budget horror from the eighties. Oh, it's yeah. still it, it 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 holds up today. An entire franchise, TV series, you know, it all was started from this one small low one one they they shot it all in the woods in a deserted cabin hardly any money you know and it just has stood the test of time it's just unfortunately i would have been too young to get into it okay and uh there's no way the areas that i was living you know being in the military kid but, but and bouncing around where we were in 81 there's no way a film like this would have been getting to any theaters near me so i never saw the original evil dead in the theater until this past weekend i was so stoked and i was like okay it's a small theater i think it only holds like not even a hundred people okay but it's not like a lot of people even know of this and the people that would you know you know you get a lot of people well i i own evil dead on on dvd why do i want to spend 10 bucks to go see it in the theater and all that so that crosses off even more people and all that something was still going on at me to buy an advance ticket but i hate doing that you know like i just Okay, just buying shit over the internet. I just I just hate doing. So I figured, okay, you know what? I'm going to show up nice and early as soon as they open. And I'll make sure to get a ticket at the door. Yeah. I show up nice and early. I go up to, you know, I go up to the cashier. I say, I just need one for tonight. They, she showed me, you know, the di- the digital map of the theater. There was one seat left dude all but my seat were sold out in advance all but one i could not believe it holy shit so i'm like yeah fine mine mine (laughs) this was a double feature with um evil dead and evil dead 2 and um it was posted, put on by a couple of young ladies who work at the Cinematheque, but they have a um, they have their own uh, radio show, horror film re- related radio show, on either the university or the college channel up here called the Bikini Drive-In, where they discuss horror films kind of with a feminist slant. Okay. Okay. You think I'm I'm out there? These ladies are just right on okay okay um so so yeah they put it on they had a q a in between and they talked the in between the films and they talked about you know just just everything so it was a really neat experience fortunate unfortunately i couldn't stick around for the second feature but the important thing was to catch that original finally in the theater and we want to give a shout out to uh yeah just maybe just look up bikini drive-in radio show on your google if you know you're looking for a cool horror film podcast you might like to enjoy while we were out in a boat okay and we hit the bookstore obviously i hit the magazine rack every time 
I bought my very first, what I believe to be my very first issue. If I don't know if six months from now I'm down in the snowy vaults, I go through my old magazines. If I find an older issue, you know, save your emails and all that. But I believe this is my very first issue of the British magazine Scream. Okay. And on the cover is the original Evil Dead. Big, big cover story. Okay. I'm kind of flipping through it now. Big story on the Omen movies. Uh, Fright Night. Okay. Like the original Fright Night. All of the, all the Evil Dead stuff. And right here in the back, I believe, is Renfield. Article on this Renfield that you were just ranting nice. and raving about. Ever. Nothing but good stuff about. So, yeah, I'll be uh, diving into that just, just as soon as... Um, it allows um, hit the uh, record shop as well. I found. I want to just give a big shout out to the uh, good folks at Planet of Sound. Made my made my way out there because they were on Saturday. Even though you know that's the holiday, they're a mom and pop shop, so they decided. Yeah, you know what? It's best if we. Uh, if we open up because you know no one people aren't going to be doing anything else in terms of shopping so come and buy some records which i did okay i picked up a couple cool albums um and these two vinyls believe it or not were the very first albums that i ever owned from the brit the classic british punk rock band the subhumans their debut record the day the country died as well as you will um remember our chat back a little while back when we were talking about the differences between 70s glam and 80s glam to what we eventually just referred to as hair metal well one of the forerunners of 70s glam was sweet and i found a copy of i guess their biggest record desolation boulevard okay um now this is where it gets kind of confusing with uh with the sweet back catalog because there's different versions of this album in different uh in different countries i believe i found i think the the capital records version was the american one and they had the regular you know the the regular track listing but then they added um it almost becomes like a uh, a greatest hits album as well because i believe they added uh, like songs like ballroom blitz and fox on the run oh nice as, as well yeah so i'm kind of like oh i'm getting like some bonus on this it was actually it was sweet okay or it was heathen the um the bay area thrash band heathen you know back from the heyday with the exoduses and the testaments and all that their debut record had a uh, a cover of set me free from this album 
And that was my first introduction to Sweet when Mr. DJ Man, when I heard it on like the, the Friday Night Metal show. This is uh, this is Heathen, a cover of Sweet Set Me Free. Okay, this is awesome. But, you know, who the hell is Sweet? And it's yeah. really a band I should have known because I was getting in my teens. But for some reason, I just I hadn't heard of Sweet until then. And that was actually, you know, kind of my bizarre in- introduction. So, yeah, I know I got to. There's a lot of people screaming at their iPods right now going, that's that's your first sweet, your first Subhumans record just this weekend, man. What the fuck? Um, yeah, we, um, and uh, you remember Airheads. Oh, love that movie, yeah. You know, love, absolutely love it. We played the original Degenerated last week, the old Reagan Youth song that they reworked for that movie it's a movie i got memorized okay i have the old vhs down in this in the snowy vaults and all that i'd never bought the dvd just until this weekend i checked planet of sounds bargain bin and you know what he just said you know what dude just take it just take it oh, I just i'm gonna nice. charge the air well i mean they're all the time and i shudder to think how much i've given them over, <laughs> over over the years now so that's really cool hopefully at some point i'll be able to you know relive that awesome film as well i found another cool album it was a uh, a cd though okay and i didn't even know that this album existed until I went into uh, one of the sunrises and on the sun sunrise records in one of the malls, and checked out their new release section for CDs, which smaller and smaller every year. You know how you know bands today are doing the orchestra treatment to their material, obviously. Well, are you a fan of the police? Depends on what we're talking about. Do you mean Sting? The, the band. <laughs> or or the local people. ones. Yeah, not those people that were beating on you in the 80s, okay? <laughs> you know. <laughs> you were a hoodlum. Yeah, the, 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 the local officers and I have not always had the best relationship. But okay. it's, it's amicable now. Um, <laughs> I could... I'm talking the police, the rock and rollers. Yes, I'm very familiar with the police. Well, check out this album. I think you're going to really dig because Stuart Copeland just released an album um, entitled Police Deranged for Orchestra. It's basically Stuart Copeland giving some of the past uh, police tracks the orchestra treatment nice yeah yeah songs like don't stand so close to me everything she does is magic king of pain roxanne every breath i've only given the first track is spin just to get a feel for the album but so far so good it sounds pretty good have you noticed a trend where british music musicians or even if we could just say like european musicians like the uk and europe seem to be on a different level with their music skills even if they just play like rock and pop 
Um, yeah, yeah. I sometimes I could see that. Yeah, like Stuart Copeland is going to sit down and probably was working on the arrangements himself for this, right? <laughs> and I can't remember which British museum musician I was interviewing once for Iron City Rocks. He's talking about what he was learning, you know, in in their secondary school, like high school over there. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? That was high school? I'm like, I didn't get that stuff till college. <laughs> you know, like university for you guys. But <clears throat> um and and like I just can't picture like I'm gonna pick on him just because he's an easy target right now, but I don't picture Chris Holmes sitting down to um write you know, symphonic arrangements of any of the Wasp records. Not fuck like a beast? Oh, I'm not saying that we couldn't do it. I'm just saying that that's not within his wheelhouse. No, it's not something he's thinking. Yeah, it's not what he's going to be doing. No. Yeah. No, I don't even see Blackie Lawless doing that. No. No, that's just it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I can't wait to... uh... Maybe even between uh, doing this and getting out to Bulldogs tonight, sitting down and putting that record on. Let's get into some cool tunes here. You may recall me a couple of years ago when their debut record came out, but I was just going gaga over Pupil Slicer. Here's this awesome band that's... I, I I couldn't even describe them then. They were kind of like this little musical stew of all sorts of aggressive music. And I just ended up saying, I don't know, man. It's just fucking intense. Well, Pupil Slicer are back. New record available now from Prosthetic Records. Once again, the, their latest record, Blossom, came across my desk. Uh, the intensity is just the same, so let's get into that. How about the first single from the aforementioned a Blossoms album? This is Pupil Slicer. Oh, just that name alone, man, is fucked up. Yeah, yeah, it gives me the willies. <laughs> With no temple.
Probably a song, a band, everything that an 80s punk rocker could appreciate. That was The Subhumans from the aforementioned The Day the Country Died with Till the Pigs Come Round. And before that, of course, seeing Evil Dead, the original, finally in the theater. I was so stoked I had to do something on this show to commemorate that massacre a couple years ago released an ep called ancient evil and of course cam lee from massacre was a uh, member of the original death lineup and they had a song very influenced by the evil dead movie called evil dead so even though like Cam had a a hand in this song. I definitely think that this is Massacre covering Evil Dead. And, you know, good on him. Good on him. And it's a uh, fantastic tribute, of course, on vocals there was our good buddy Matt Harvey from Exhumed as well. And, oh, oh, another, another... Um, a cover on that EP was Necrophagia's Ancient Slumber. Oh, nice. Which that song was dedicated or was inspired by the original, you know, um, Evil Dead film. You know, you have disturbed our ancient slumber. Yeah. And so when I saw that, that just kind of, they had that, that jumped out. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, you know, you're a musician, okay? And you've, you might have noticed that the, uh, the vocalist, the guitarist, the lead guitarist particularly, they're the, the guys that, they're the, the players that seem to get all the attention from the press, the fans, they get the chicks, you know, whatever. But really, what is metal? 
without a damn good person behind the skins. Really. Like, they're the ones that... The drummer... Okay. They're the... They're the... The the straw that stirs the drink. They're the... They're the thing that kind of keeps it all together. And for the most part, I don't feel that drummers get enough attention. What What do you think? I completely agree. <clears throat> I completely yeah. agree. Especially as a bass player where it's my job to lock in with the drummer. Yeah. And, yeah. You guys are the rhythm section. Yeah. And, and, and when we're locked in, like it's just unstoppable and, and a great drummer is way different than a good drummer, mm-hmm. you know, and, and obviously even way better than a drummer. It's not so great, you know? So like a man, a great, a great drummer makes or breaks the band for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like that's the difference between a band that's really fantastic. Especially in metal. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I, I hear it all the time. I've heard it so many times over the years from non-believers, metal bands. They can't play. It's all noise. It's all this. And I immediately think of the drummers and what they have to do and what they have to create. Yeah. And all that. And it's like, okay, if you think that metal drummers are no good, then you know absolutely nothing about music. Nothing. Nothing. You're fucking tone deaf. <laughs> okay, you you have to be. Yeah. So we figured that we would write some wrongs here on this episode and just kind of have a, a fun topic, you know, because it's a beautiful summer day. We'll just have a couple bevies and have a fun topic here about our five favorite drummers. Kind of a tribute to um, the High Fidelity movie. Speaking of airheads. The top five, yeah. The top five. And the top I got to give a shout out to my buddy John from college. Because um, he had heard our guitarist episode. And he's like, how come you guys haven't done well on drummers yet? I'm like, man, I don't know. Like that's that's a really good point. So um, that that's when I suggested this one. So thank you, John, for this topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So basically, what we're gonna do is we'll each, you know, um, I actually managed to kind of rank this, and for me, it it's I'm not looking for um technical skill i think all of these drummers are 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 skilled i'm just kind of looking for vibe i'm looking for influence i'm just looking for just a drummer that i just love to listen to and has rhyme and reason as to why i would be listening to these awesome musicians you would have you would have your own criteria and there's no right or wrong. Okay, but with that in mind, just let's shout it out. You're number five. Just okay. Sake. These are going to be in really no particular order until I get to number one. Oh, okay. Um, it, because it's really hard for me to rank any of these drummers. And, and I also have two honorable mentions. Oh, okay, well, we'll get to those before we get to our number one. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, okay. Um, well, let's start with number five as 
Mike Portnoy, most famously of Dream Theater and currently of the Winery Dogs. Ah, okay. That's definitely, in terms of, um, rep- of reputation for ha- having that technique, for having that skill, there's a guy that's going to be on a lot of top fives. Yeah, well, he, he's a monster player, and he's played with so many bands, right? Like, um, it was Avenged Sevenfold when their drummer passed away. He stepped in and Holy helped finish shit, dates, right. I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if he did some sort of tribute to um, Vinny, like Vinny Paul, when he passed. Like, like if oh, he, I'm sure if he stepped into hell, yeah, to do something. Um, but yeah, like Portnoy, he, he's not only, you know, he's, he really gets a lot of attention for his crazy drum kits because, because he has these massive kits, much like a Neil Pert, um, and his crazy technique. But at the end of the day, like the drummer has to be able to groove and move the song forward, right? And Portnoy mm-hmm. does a fantastic job of that, no matter what he's playing. So yeah, I'll agree. I'll so agree. That, yeah. That's why Portnoy is my my on my list here, number five. So how about you? Right on, right on. For myself, number five, I'm going with um, a a very groundbreaking drummer. Okay, like a lot of uh, some of this can be attributed to the songwriting with the rest of his band. Okay, but the very first time, even predating, although the these two debut records might have come out might have come out around the same time ballpark, and it's just a matter of which one you heard first. The very first blast beat okay. I ever heard was Scott Peterson of Cryptic Slaughter on the. Uh, debut album convicted rock on okay now you know thrash metal was already off and running and you know you have traditional metal and just metal in general the underground was booming when this when this came out oh i remember me and my buddy skid okay we were in high school and we basically bought the convicted album and just on the fact that uh, it got a good review in trusted magazines, the name of the band, okay, it's like, hey, dude, like this, you know, this looks really cool. Like it looks like a, a metal band with a punk cover on it and kind of a punk attitude and all that. Well, we got to Skid's place, we dropped the needle on the record, and then boom, 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 boom. It's like, holy, holy shit. <laughs> We'd never heard that kind of drum beat before it's like this is fucking maniacal as <laughs> in i just i just never forgot the first time that, that we heard that and i'm you know i'm some i'm sure some of our veterans listening well this this band beat cryptic slaughter to the punch on their demo tapes and all that but for for me for us personally yeah, yeah, it was Mr. Peterson with the Convicted record that just, I never forgot. It's just, wow. Wow, still still ingrained. Great stuff, great stuff. And Cryptic Slaughter is just one of those bands that just kind of, you know, helped, helped define and, you know, 
were one of those crossover bands as well, you know, in sound and just in spirit, in attitude to to this day. You know, you see a lot of punks with cryptic slaughter shirts and patches. Oh, yeah. And all that. So, yeah, yeah. Scott Peterson, cryptic slaughter. Nice, man. Mm-hmm. All right, who's next on your list? Well, I'm proud to say that I call this guy my friend. Okay. Um, but before that's only through the last couple of years through Facebook communicating and we're both sports fans and I've had we've I've interviewed him on the show and all that. But before we grew up together as strangers on others on different parts of the country, shall we say, um, huge fan of sacrifice. The the Canadian thrash band from you know, they're still going on. They never, they never really split, but I guess the sacrifice heyday was in the eighties, and um, Mr. Gus Penn, okay, he had an incredible reputation, just as a skilled player in the underground, for being, you know, that 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 drummer that just kills it. Yeah. Okay very technically proficient as well and it was sacrifice like this this the stuff they created okay like it just and i'm not i'm not i'm not going to do all of this justice because i'm not a musician and all that i can just you know go by from a from a fan perspective but it's that 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 debut record and everything that followed up afterwards, and even even today on the live front, and we're going to see more sacrifice as well. Just just brilliant, just 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 brilliant. And like I said, kind of become friends with the guy, you know, through Facebook and all and all that. And I'm stoked. I'm stoked. And so I wouldn't have, you know, I would. This list wouldn't have been complete without Gus somewhere. Somewhere, and of course, he's going to be listening to this. I'm ah, making him blush because he's a <laughs> modest guy. <laughs> he's, he's he's a modest guy, but uh, yeah, he deserves all of our praise and you know, sacrifice in general. Just all the success they've had and all the future success, they deserve it. Awesome band, even better people. Yeah, what do you got? Number four. All right. Or so whatever. next up is Jason Bittner of Shadows Fall. Mm-hmm. I get that. He's another guy, like, he's probably known for his solid double bass grooves. Okay. You know, and, and that's that's what I what I love. Like he's he's just got he he's got such a great swing and feel, like like when he's just, you know, grooving on, on the double bass. But at the same time, he is um, one of the few drummers that kind of blew my mind because he filled in for Charlie Benante when um, Charlie had his daughter, you know. Oh, was, shit. Yes. He was right. taking paternity yeah. leave on that tour. And I remember seeing uh, footage with Bittner. And it was behind the, the, the kit footage, you know. And I'm like, holy shit. Like that. That's note for note. 
like, like, like he's that good. I'm like, wow. <laughs> like he's another guy that could just play anything. You know, he's keep he's keeping up with Chuck. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. yeah good choice. Excellent. And I think he's one of those unsung players as well. Yeah. Because, you know, Brian Fair, like he as the vocalist of um, Shadows Fall, he gets all the attention and, you know, and a lot of that, you know, as talented as the guy is, like the focus sometimes is on the guy's fucking hair. It's down, it's down yeah. his feet and it's yeah. dreaded and, yeah. and all that, and you know, and not to disparage him for it but you know the vocalists just get the majority of the attention and meanwhile you got this amazing musician like bittner that's kind of like i am here yeah you know <laughs> you know so fortunately it's stuff like this good choice excellent excellent Thanks, man. imagine okay like growing up in the 80s black in a city like St. Louis must have just been hell. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. And it was probably hell before. Uh, the oh, yeah. oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But still, okay. yeah. that, that, that would have been his time, the seventies and the eighties. Fortunately, DH Poligro of the mighty <sighs> dead. Kennedys, yeah. You know, he took that, you know, and ran with it and just being black in the punk rock scene, you know, back then in the eighties, which I'm sure, you know, he was welcomed in open arms, but I'm also sure there are some fucking skinheads that just probably didn't like a colored in the scene. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they were far and few between, and there's no way that the dead Kennedys was going to put up with that. But you, you, you got to give it to him. You got to oh, give yeah. it to him for being a, a There was a documentary I watched with him recently. Oh, okay. And I, and I, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of it, but I'm 90% sure it's on Tubi because you've got me watching all these docs on Tubi now. <laughs> and um, he actually talks about. You know what? I think it had something to do with musicians and addictions. Okay. And he talked about all his drinking, and it came about from exactly what you're talking about. Like, he goes out to play with, with the Dead Kennedys, and depending on where they're playing, he's just getting all this racism tossed at him. You know? Wow. And he's like, well, how do you deal with that? Like, these guys don't even get it. You know? He's, he's like, they don't even understand what I'm up against and, and how I'm feeling. And so he turned to booze. You know, and he said, it's like, it almost killed me. It almost ruined my career, you know, and, and thankfully he got it, you know, under control, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I mean, and we ended up losing him anyway, thankfully not to booze, but mm -hmm. just, yeah, yeah, man, like, like that's, I, I can't even imagine what that's like, you know, right, because I mean, right. punk and metalheads aren't liked in general. Uh -huh. And then when you compound. Yeah that yeah it's just yeah yeah but uh we'll just i'm gonna i'm just gonna move on because this i'll just turn this into a soapbox yeah, exactly thing and yeah. i don't i don't i just want to praise the great dh playgro yeah. great just drummer. just an amazing musician one of my all-time favorite bands as well and we lost one of the all-time greats like, yeah. like that was i'll never forget you know it just kind of 
pissing around on my phone in our in the car when we get the get the word that that he passed away. It's like I, that was kind of the same situation I was in when I heard Elvis died. I was in the car, but instead of the phone, you know, because it's two thousand twenty two, I heard Elvis died on the radio in seventy seven. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, D.H. Pellegro, what do you got? Bill Ward. Ah, okay. The godfather of heavy metal. Yeah, like, like Bill really laid the foundation for metal drummers, mm-hmm. right? Like, he he set up what the groove is like. He set up what fills are like. Like, he really laid laid the groundwork, you know, set, set up like, hey, Here's where we're going to start. Go. You know? And just, again, it's a, he's another drummer where his swing and feel, War Pigs is a completely different song without the way he plays it. Mm-hmm. Completely different song. Because <laughs> I've heard, heard other covers that don't swing like he does. Ah. You know? And it's, it's just not the same, man. And... I think that's really illustrated insanely well in um, the movie Metal Lords. Um, you remember that that one on Netflix? Of course, yes. Yeah, where where that that kid's learning to play drums by like working through um, um, war picks, you know, mm-hmm. and and he's figuring it out. And and I uh, I just love that sequence because you see as it starts to click and he gets the feel and he figures it out. And I appreciate the fact that not only do they showcase on him like learning that and like, wow, what a tune and this is something to play on drums. But then later when he plays with a reggae band, they're like, oh, well, you can play this all night, you know, and, and it's not just the fact that it's simpler music, but he already knows how to groove because of war picks. He can keep the groove going all night long. You know, because because that's what you're learning. So yeah, so Bill Ward. Right on, right on. You got me thinking. I'm gonna give uh, Metal Gods another viewing before I get to Lords of Chaos. Uh, dude, Metal Lords is so good, dude. Oh, it's amazing. Such it's amazing. And I've said this before. Netflix double feature. Okay, Metal Lords and then Moxie right oh, after yeah. that. The 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 right girl. Yeah. Film is just fantastic stuff. So. Yeah, do that, do that. Speaking of the ladies, I would definitely be remiss if I didn't mention on my list here, number two, Miss Mercedes Lander. Rock on. From from Kitty. And being a good Canadian boy as well, I definitely have to throw out there. How many women, okay, were playing drums during though I'll just off 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 the top of your head name another it during the whole new metal boom which they were right in the middle of it and killing it okay name another female drummer from, I, I uh, honestly can't and once I you said that I. I'm like I don't know if I can think of any other female drummers I, I I can't no no not 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 at not around that moment there were other women you know, in in the new metal scene and Cold yeah. Chamber, and um, I'm sure there's a number of bands as well. 
but yeah, just just off the top of your head, you well, know, you especially know, it's funny. As... like during that era, the majority of women I saw in bands were either the front person or the bassist. Yeah, or the keyboard player. Ah, see, I don't even. Remember. Yeah, key, keyboard. Yeah, that's very cliche. But I don't remember seeing a lot of that. Like literally, for me, it always seemed to be the bassist or the front person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're you're right, and she was definitely. I, I'm sure there are just, there are a number of young ladies that that discovered like aggressive music in the new metal scene, okay, and uh, decided you know I'm gonna I I think I want to try this. This Kitty Band is really good. I really like them. I think I want to try this, and you know maybe some of those those musicians now went on to discover death metal or you know punk or whatever. And they might not want to admit to being Kitty fans, you know. But, yeah, you know, if I was to go through your records, uh, I would think maybe I'd find a couple. I think I would. And, and yeah. Mercedes is really a killer drummer. Ah, yes. Yeah, just just in ter- terms of style and technique. Yeah. And she's an amazing lady. I, yeah. I've interviewed her a couple times, you know, in person and, and over the Skype. And yeah, she's just fantastic. Yeah. So what do you got? We're getting we're getting down to the nitty gritty here, yes. I think. All right. So number two. Mm-hmm. Nico McBrain. Aha. Right on. Right. And I mean Iron Maiden, um, not an original Iron Maiden drummer, but I think since he's joined, he's he's been their last drummer, right? Like him, um, Dave Murray, and Steve Harris have been pretty much, um, you know, uh, staples there. But for for me, like like the moment where Nico was solidified is like just wow, what a drummer is. Live after death, hallowed <laughs> be thy name. Uh huh. And there's this point in the song, just the feel he has on the fill reminds me of. A, um, uh, like a great driver down shifting or shifting because they are about to pass, you know, just the way he does his fill. It's like, buckle up boys. Here we go. You know, I'm like, geez, it's just so good. He just, just keep, keeps that groove going, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fantastic. So Nick, and those were big shoes to fill. Oh, as yeah. Well. Like, yeah. Yeah. Any, any, any member, you know, of maiden that came in after number of a number of the beast, or you know, pretty much at any time. Yeah. You know, any new member, like it was a trial by fire because you're entered, you've becoming, and this is I'm talking about Bruce Dickinson as well. Oh yeah. I mean, he he had all he was killing it with Samson as well, but Maiden was already off and running. They were new wave of British heavy metal front runners. Yeah. Two awesome albums all, all already under their belts. To to step into that position just must have wow. Yeah. 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 Right on, right on. Before I get to my number one, I do want to mention just a couple runners up. Okay. And we'll give you a couple runners up before you get to yours, okay? Um the Rick Allen story from Def Leopard. Oh it's yeah. Just, it's incredible. <laughs> okay, this is this, this is why we needed to make this 10 
or 15. Well, yeah, yeah, dude, it, this is another one where we should have probably done like another top 10. We probably could have. Because it, it was tough, right? It was. It, it yeah. was. Yeah, but the, that that whole story is absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, like I, I, can, I can admit that now. At the time, everybody who was a Def Leppard fan, I used to give them crap and be like, well, their drummer got better after he lost an arm. What's that tell you? Is he really playing? You know, and and I was a punk ass teenager. That was a horrible thing to say. I hated the Hysteria album, you know, so much. And and just when you think about what he went through, and the band sticking with him, and figuring it all out, like that's a guy that could have been out of a job, never played again. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's something to see that. You know, and I'm glad that he's still with us today, still playing. You know. Oh, for sure, for sure. As much as I didn't like the Hysteria record, it got me laid a whole hell of a lot of times because <laughs> that, that was that that was Mrs. Snowy's. Her, you know, we were just dating back then. That was her favorite record back then, and we were playing. She was playing it all the time. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, for another runner up here, you know what? I don't know any of their names. They kind of escape right now because they didn't last very long in the bands. Because they kept blowing up. <laughs> when you're saying you can't remember the names, I'm like, no, you know the names of everybody. And then all of a sudden it hit me where you were going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Good, yeah. I hope no one, I hope I don't got to explain. Well, just yeah, in case. For, for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, like myself, because I've never seen the movie, but I yeah, still but you know knew what jokes. I was talking about. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're referring to the movie Spinal Tap, where, you know, they, they went through drummers like crazy. Um, one of them spontaneously combusted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not good. Not good. Uh, so what do you got for some runners up? All right. My two runners up. And this was tough, right? John Bonham. Yes. Because he, uh-huh. he's another one that gives the blueprint, right? And mm-hmm. like, listen to the Lemon Song. Listen to Moby Dick. Like, that's the blueprint, man. That's the groove. That's the, the, the feel. And man, like, that's just some great drumming, right? And and this this one was tough, the, my, my last one here. But Dave Lombardo. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and here's the thing. Here's why I think that Dave Lombardo doesn't get as much recognition. Because I don't think that Slayer Records were ever mixed to showcase the drummer. Okay. Like, like when I listen to um, Raining Blood, right? Mm-hmm. Just... The, the drum sound isn't necessarily there. It's not as great of a drum sound as, you know, like puppets, you know, or mm-hmm. um, around the same time. Um, oh, my goodness. Among the living. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the drums just weren't mixed prominently. And, and I, um, it was uh, DX Ferris who pointed that out. The gentleman that, that wrote the Slayer books, you know. Right. And I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. Because I, I told him, I said, I've never been a Dave Lombardo fan. And he says, okay, go listen to Grip Inc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's I, an underrated band. Yep, never heard of it. Never, heard, never, never, not aware of him at all. And I put on that record. I'm like, oh, holy shit. 
<laughs> Holy shit. Because now you've got a record that's actually featuring the drummer, right? And and not like it's a solo, but like you can hear the drums. It's mixed well, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. And then I was telling you about the uh, album that Lombardo put out recently that's just phenomenal, you know? So he, he's a guy that I, I think he gets credit, and I think he's been um, – you know, like got, got a lot of props over the years, but probably still not enough, you know, cause I know I've only really come to appreciate him in the last decade. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Fair enough. Great fair job. enough. That was, thanks for dropping that grip ink there. Like there's that, not that that left my mind. Like I have the, I have the cassette down in the, in, in, in the snowy vaults after all these years, but yeah, wow. <laughs> when I woke up this morning, okay, I, I didn't think I would be hearing that name. That's <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay, da, 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 da. our number one pick. All, All right. right, you want to go first? Or you want me to? Yeah, I can. I can do this. Um, go. Okay, once again, being a good Canadian boy, one of the all-time great Canadian bands. And they'll always be known for being that awesome trio with one of the all-time greatest drummers of all time. Hanson's Canadian? (laughs) No. No, no, no. Sorry. But one of the all-time greatest Canadian trios is, of course, Exciter. I totally thought you were going to rush. (laughs) I looked. I and so did everyone else. Oh, that was fantastic! Exciter, the mighty exciter. I've often said, you know, were could be okay. You know, there's definitely good Canadian boys, a trio. I'm sure every member of Exciter has Rush albums. You know, I'm gonna have a little bit of fun here. (laughs) Okay, and. There is no arguing just how awesome Dan Beeler is on this on on the kit, and he's the vocalist. Like I have so much respect for those musicians, you know, like those drummers that 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 sing as well. I just it doesn't seem like a human being should be able to play the way Beeler does and sing on top of that. Like it's just amazing, yeah. And uh, like to see him doing it live was was absolutely amazing. I didn't actually. I finally got to see <clears throat> the classic Exciter lineup just last year. After all these years, and Exciter were one of those bands as well. When I went metal full time, eighty nineteen eighty four, Exciter was one of those bands that I discovered. Yeah. You know, and that that they've just always stuck with me. We've had various members, you know, on the show over over the years, and just meeting and hanging out with Beeler last year at the Manitoba Metal Fest here, and helping put his drum kit up. You know, <laughs> I was I was in charge of putting his drum kit together, and I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Well, you know, and the stage manager like 
you know, okay, well, if you have any questions, you know, let, let me know. But yeah, so I did my best. I didn't get any complaints. I didn't have Beeler throwing any sticks at me saying I didn't do a good job. Do that as well. Yeah, oh, it was definitely a thrill of a lifetime <laughs> and all that. So, yeah, Miss Miss, when I think of, you know, the greatest drummers of all time, Dan Beeler's on the list. Yeah. It's 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 near the top. And pro tip uh, for anybody who wants to attract a great drummer uh, to your band, um, help the drummer carry his crap. Yes. Because he has more to carry than anybody in the band. Mm-hmm. And he's also probably working harder than anybody in the band to play. He is. Set. He is, you know, and, um, me being, you know, the boy scout that I am be prepared. Um, I have carried a drum key in my gig bag since 1992. <laughs> I think. Wow. Right on. Um, and because I can't can't re- uh, remember that first gig where the drummer didn't have one, but I remember what happened. Oh, I remember okay. the chaos and that we couldn't assemble things, and we finally found one, and it just was. Uh, so I have made sure that I've always got a drum key, sometimes two, right because on. you know, <clears throat> if if the drummer can't play, you got nothing. Zip, you know, zero. Yeah. Yeah, you be you basically you become MTV unplugged at that point, you know. <laughs> and when you're helping move a drummer's stuff, okay, when they're in the shells, remember the handle, not the strap. I've had more than one drummer yelling at me for moving his drums with the strap what instead strap? of the handle. Yeah, this strap that was on the. Yeah, like there's some of the 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 shells today that hold. The drums, you know, inside, there's some straps. I don't know why they exist. They're there, but oh, they're... Oh, are they under the heads? No, they're on the they're on the outside of the shell of the... Oh, the, like the lug the, nuts. The case, the case. Oh, okay, and okay. I don't know why they're there. Okay. But a couple of times I've picked it up by the strap and I've had a drummer, hey, no, 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 dude, no, no. Please, the handle, not yeah. not the strap. Oh shit, you're right. I'm sorry. I know yeah. that. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you get that's why I don't mind all these years volunteering, moving gear in and out, especially like the drums, because you're right. There's like there's so much that these guys like put into what they do. And all that. And if I can literally give a helping hand to make their life a little bit easier. Like I, I, I have no problems with that. And for the life of me, I'm going to just say this now, just to put over all drummers. I will never understand, except maybe the drummers just want to do this to showcase what they do and show exactly how great they are. Don't mean to make anyone blush, but I do. Okay. Uh, the drum solo. Okay, the drum, like the drums is the most physically demanding instrument. <laughs> right, right. So like what happens, the singer, I don't know what the fuck he's, what the, what the hell he needs a break for, especially Vince Neil, if he's not even singing half of his shit. Okay, okay. why two thirds of the concert, 
they have to go off stage, I don't know, have a belt, do a snort, whatever bullshit they got to do, while the dude with the most physically demanding job stays on stage and fucking kills it. Yeah. Yeah. And a and, lot goes into those solos. Like, what the fuck? Oh, and one of my favorites is Eric Carr, Animalized Live 1985, the home video. And, oh, man. What a fantastic, um, man, what a fantastic drum solo. And you know what's fun? Um, for the bass solo, Eric Carr played along because bass, you know, you can do some fun things, but it's way better when you've got a beat behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the drummer, he's all out there on his own until they start War Machine. You know, it's fantastic. <laughs> right on, right on. So, Mr. Dan Beeler, numero uno in my books. Nice, man. All right. Mine should come as no surprise to anybody who's been listening to this show. Charlie Benante. Mm-hmm. I, I knew I you were going to say that. Yeah, he is. He's, he's probably been my favorite drummer since 86 or 87. Um, uh, man. I wish I could even pick the song where I first heard him fly in the double bass. I was like, holy shit, you know, and then add into it that he's one of the primary riff writers of Anthrax, you know. So not only is he this insane, phenomenal drummer, he can also write songs. So that makes him the total package right there. And, you know, he's out right now filling in on the Pantera tour. Mm-hmm. playing again note for note everything that Vinnie Paul played you know it just sounds fantastic like, I don't know if anyone's seen any of the clips they've had um, there was a behind the kit shot and it was kind of cool because stage volume today is way less than it used to be because everybody's using in-ear monitors now and you know, it's not all the cranked up amps on there like it used to be. And it was kind of funny because, like, you've got this big, massive arena and you just hear tap, 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 tap. You know, <laughs> the drums sound really quiet. But it's like, man, this is great. You know, and it, it is my personal opinion that when Black Sabbath went into the studio for 13, like nothing against, um, oh, my goodness, why can't I think of it? Brad Wilk. Yeah, nothing against Brad Wilk. Mm-hmm. But I really think that Benante would have been the better choice. I, I think if they were just wanted to pull somebody in for, for as a studio drummer, I think Charlie would have added, like, he would have been able to add that classic Black Sabbath feel, mm-hmm. but not make it sound like they're just trying to rehash the past. You know? And I'm sure he's had a number of. Uh, Benani's got a number of Black Sabbath albums in his collection. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, well, dude? Um, what was it Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath that they covered on oh, the shit, Manny that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So he's already off and running. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And again, their, their version because he's got the swing and the feel, you know, it, it like it, they somehow they managed to make it even heavier, which is quite a feat for that song. But but just Charlie Charlie's feel like he 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 got it right like like he understood what Bill was doing and he took it to another level. It's like man, this is so great. 
right on right on for sure for sure for sure excellent choices 10 excellent choices all around and you know what i don't think we never had any repeats like we never we all have you yeah. had five i had five all different yeah all, all different, different choices just shows the versatility of um of the of the metal world the hard rock yeah. world and all that and you and i just kick ass right. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no getting around that speaking about kick ass let's get to some music here let's go back well what why not okay you know what yes gus is a great guy okay but that's not the only reason why i'm playing this song it's just because it has had so much impact on canadian th- on the on, on on the canadian thrash scene so much that much music's power hour when this song came out they adopted it as their theme song for that so this is the mighty sacrifice and the lyric about this song you know influenced by one of the all-time greatest movies in the reanimator so from the forward determination record this is gus and sacrifice with reanimation
The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. Get off the air! MTV, get off the MTV! Get off the MTV! Get off the air! MTV, get off the MTV! Get off the MTV! Get off the air! MTV, get off the MTV! Get off the MTV! Get off the air! MTV, get off the MTV! Get off the MTV!
what was our beloved corporate gods claimed they created rock video, allowing it to sink as low in one year as commercial TV has in 25. It's a new frontier, they say. It's wide open, anything can happen. But you got a lot of nerve to call yourself a pioneer when you're too goddamn conservative to take real chances. Brain accounts instead of music fans. Well, all the shots at giant record companies now, the lowest comedy nominator rule. Forget honesty, forget creativity. The dumbest by the most is that's the name of the game. But sales are slumping, and no one will say why. Could it be they put out one too many lousy records? MTV, get up the other! Speaking of much music, your version down south of much music, MTV, of course, not not big fans. This day and age, I think MTV is like just basically uh, it's like all bullshit reality type shows, right? It's I like, think so. I haven't watched it in years. And me neither. Me neither. Like I haven't seen much. I think much music is still a thing. But it's just all garbage programming and all that. Well, the last great thing that MTV put out would have been the Teen Wolf series. Right. Right. Got to give them that. Got to give them that. But rewind many years ago, the Mighty Dead Kennedys off the Frankenchrist album, they were being soothsayers and they were predicting that MTV was... uh, yeah, nothing to get too excited about. <laughs> that was Jello and the Boys with the mighty DH Peligro on drums. That is MTV, Get Off the Air. Before that, had to do a bit of sample of what I was talking about. Scott Peterson's great drumming on the Cryptic Slaughter record, a Convicted, when I first heard one of these, one of those songs where I first heard Blast Beats. Absolutely fantastic. That is Cryptic Slaughter with a sudden death. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, my friend, thank you so much for um, mentioning or coming up with this title I had or this this topic of discussion. I had a really good time and I'm going to return the favor to you now by introducing you to an awesome band in this episode's Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. How well do you know the Canadian provinces? I know Saskatoon and Manitoba. Okay. Well, out of the ten of them, uh, you got one right. Manitoba. Saskatoon is... Oh, Saskatchewan! (laughs) Ah! Okay. Well, I'm going to introduce you to another province here, Prince Edward Island. Oh, wait a second. Is that, like, up near uh, the New England states? Well, it's it's on the East Coast. Yeah. Okay, in what we call the Maritimes. And it is our smallest province. It's just this wee, tiny 
little island. I think it's bigger than Rhode Island, but probably not probably not much. Okay, and there's not a whole hell of a lot. Like probably PEI, Prince Edward Island, is probably their biggest industry is probably tourism. I figured it was Prince Edward in a can. Well, no. <laughs> no, 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 you got Prince Edward by the bag. No, no. <laughs> oh, that's good, Dan. <laughs> you got Aunt Jemima by the box. Oh, you dirty. Dad. Oh, 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 my. So, you know, funny story about Prince Edward in a can. I've heard for years the like, hey, you know, do you have Prince Edward in a can? Uh, and this person said, well, yes. Oh, you better let him out. Let him out. I had no idea it was a real product and it was pipe tobacco. You learn something new every day. I had no idea until I had a coworker that had this big can sitting on his desk. And I'm like, what's this? He's like, it's Prince Edward in a can. I'm like, that's a real thing? <laughs> I know. I know. Hey, how how old were you? Were you? Well, you would probably have heard of this before me because being American. But how old were you when you learned that Albuquerque was a real place? Oh, so I've known that for years because well, of Bugs yeah, Bunny. Yeah, so have I, but because of because of Bugs Bunny, yeah. though. But yeah, it it took a little while before I actually learned. Like, holy shit, that's actually a place. Yeah, because yeah. I th- I think. <laughs> No joke, dude. I think we actually studied it, and the teacher made the reference to Bugs Bunny. Ah, right on. You know, and and that that's good teaching. You know, mm-hmm. like if if you're aware of what your students are watching, and you can pull that into the classroom, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I woke up this morning, I didn't think I was going to be talking about Bugs Bunny or Aunt Jemima's box, and no, I just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but what? Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't think so on that last one there, dude. Um, what? That what? was a little much for me today. What I what I knew we were going to be talking about was a, one of the finest exports out of Prince Ed, proud of Prince Edward Island. In tonight's indie spotlight is the band Baited. Their latest release, Cutting Teeth, really really cool stuff. Let's give it a spin now. Once again. This is Prince Edward Island's, believe it or not, baited with blackout.
Facebook.com slash baited, B-A-I-T-E-D, baited, P-E-I, there it is again, and baited.bandcamp.com. Great stuff, great stuff. Well, my friend, thank you uh, so much for uh, hanging out tonight and helping make this weekend for me the smash success that it has been. Happy to help, sir. Yeah, yeah. And once again, um, to you and yours tomorrow, you know, it'll be a couple days after we speak, but happy July 4th. Maybe if you got some time this week, maybe slap on Independence Day. Oh, love that movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a hell of a movie and all that. Classic flick documentary about the aliens, you know. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that that alien attack that wiped out... um, New York, L.A. in the same day, like that was just, and Washington yeah. as well. Wow, yeah. yeah that, you know th- that that leads me to believe that we should do an episode on the most dangerous cities to live in, according to Hollywood. <laughs> Come up with a metal slant some way with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll yeah, need they, to think about that one. Maybe, maybe we can tie in the soundtracks or something. There we go. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, like yeah yeah like the most dangerous cities according to hollywood well probably the most dangerous city now that i think about it is this would be a small town maybe like perfection on 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 tremors where there's only a hand if there's only like a dozen people there and one person gets shot so that's like one person out of 12 getting killed like, well, that, that would make it pretty dangerous. Yeah, but see, I'm thinking about like wh- what city do the most catastrophic <laughs> events happen, right? So uh, obviously Tokyo. Yes. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> T- to- Tokyo is getting destroyed um, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, New York seems seems to have a lot of turmoil between uh, the Avengers, the Spider-Man movies. Oh, um, yeah. You know, the aforementioned um, Independence Day. Um, was it escape from New York? Like all sorts of things go wrong in New York. Um, what what else are we always blowing up? Los Angeles, I think, is blown up a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure London has taken a beating over the years as well. You know, I don't know if London has taken as much of a beating. I mean, it has in the Doctor Who series. Yeah, so, sure yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, well. Let's uh, let's go out with some uh, cool tunes here. Night Legion, their uh, new album "Fight or Fall," available now at the courtesy of the good folks at Massacre Records. Let's go out with "Hounds of Baskerville." How can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear Snowman, RadioactiveMetal.org for all the episodes, past, present, and future. Facebook.com slash Rad Metal. Um, that's where we've got one of our social pages. And I started thinking about this when you're talking about that band. You know, you said slash something. Like, if you are slash, does it get confusing telling people your website? Like, Facebook.com slash slash. <laughs> uh-huh. What's your other website? Oh, HTTP, HTTP uh, colon slash 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 dot right. com. What? <laughs> slash 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 dot com? Three slashes? No, two slashes and slash. Right, three slashes. You know, that's, that's an Abbott Costello routine waiting to happen. They, right, yeah, definitely. You know? 
<laughs> so, <laughs> if you want to see pictures of the uh, fine things that Mr. Snowman picks up, um, head on over to uh, Radmetal666, at Radmetal666, rather, uh, for Instagram. Drop us a line in our Gmail, uh, Radmetal666 at gmail.com. Um, you can find us everywhere, right? We talked about RadioactiveMetal.org for all the episodes. That will link you out to some of our feeds, like iTunes. If you just want the general feed, you can get it. But if you can find a podcast on the internet, we're there with it, right? Mm-hmm. If you can find a podcast, you can find us. We're, we're all over the place. Um, you know, iTunes or Apple Podcasts now, I guess. I, I need to update my verbiage. But the Apple Podcast app, um, whatever Google does, because I'm not an Android guy for podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, you know, all those things. And we're also on Spotify. And the reason we're on Spotify is thanks to the fine folks at the Shining Wizards Network, mm-hmm. shiningwizardsnetwork.com. Um, a whole host of podcasts out there, right? Um, you've got just wonderful uh, wrestling podcasts, lifestyle podcasts, you know, what have you. Wonderful people at the Shiny Wizards Network. Um, and it, they also happen to host a Canadian podcast about wrestling called Wrestling mm-hmm. Night in Canada. And one of the hosts so. sounds exactly like Snowy. Yeah, I heard this show. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been to the beat of our own drummer episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.
shall fall Our unearthly silence comes to call Through the eyes of my soul I shall speak the truth I confess to the curses of